Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin, and my guest today is Michael Pinkerton on the phone. He is from Australia, and he's the head of engineering at Swancore Renewable Energy. That's wind power here in Taiwan, or rather, it's yeah, it's an Australian company, isn't it? Is it? No, it's not. It's a local organization. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, so it's a local Taiwanese organization. Um, yeah, it does have a Taiwanese or a yeah, Taiwanese name, but um, I'm I I don't hear it that often, to be honest with you. So that's hence why I refer to this one called renewable energy, which right. it's a known it's a known name in the industry. Right. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, my listeners already know then that Michael is actually from Australia because I already said it. <laughs> so, but um, Michael has been in Taiwan for a year, and this wasn't the first time he's in Taiwan. I think that he had been in Taiwan before, uh, also for a year. Right? Yeah. Right. And um, but this time he's here to stay. <laughs> anyway, we're going to start off with talking about Michael and his life. I guess so. You're from Sydney, Australia. Right, and、um, have you always studied? Wait, what was your what was your major in college that made you end up in wind power? <laughs> It, that's a it's an interesting question. So 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 my background is electrical. I, I started my life as a as an electric an electrician, a, a tradesperson,、um, and then I was just one of these people that's always inclined to want to challenge and better myself. So, you know, from from being an electrician, I, I worked in the many disciplines,、um, whether it be domestic, commercial, slash utility scale, electrical works, and at the same time, just did extra studies. So so got my diplomas in electrical engineering and、uh, masters in business management. So just just wanted to progress and challenge myself, and hence so my background is electrical, electrical engineering, and business. All right. Now, have you always been in Australia until you left for until you came to Taiwan? I mean, Taiwan wasn't the first country you traveled abroad, was it? I don't think it was. No, no, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. I did.、Um, I did what a, a lot of my generation、um, tended to do, which was kind of do your schooling, do your studies, and then I, you know, put the backpack on on the back and and headed over to to Europe or the UK and Europe, where I spent、um, a couple of years over there, backpacking and working and traveling the country and and broadening my horizon after after leaving, you know, the world's largest island, being Australia. Um, and seeing what was out there in the big wide world,、um, and then I returned and and then lived for another year in New Zealand.、Oh. Um, then spent a number of years back in Australia before finally、um, working around Australia as well, and living in different states within Australia before finally、um, where I'm at today and where I have been for the last kind of four and a half years, and that's been in Hong Kong, Singapore, and Taiwan、um, since 2017. Mm, wow, you're a traveler, and you love traveling. I suppose I do. <laughs> traveling, yes, yes, yes. I, I like to. I, I like being out of my comfort zone. So I like new experiences, and I like challenges. And I think you know to. To be able to have the opportunity to to learn and live and breathe and understand and work with different people in different organisations in different countries, it's just it's extremely gratifying. Mm. Now, it was because of Swancore that you came to Taiwan, or you came to Taiwan first before you got a job at Swancore. 
No, so it was Swan Corps. Um, through my previous time here in Taiwan, um, a connection had had moved to another organisation which was um, very closely affiliated with Swan Corps. And, uh, and he actually reached out to me whilst I was living and working in Singapore and said, um, what's your interest in returning back to Taiwan? Um, he, basically, there wasn't a, a lot of convincing required. Um, I loved Taiwan and was very happy to come back and, and the opportunity that was presented um, worked out and yeah here I am today back in Taiwan right yeah because you were here in Taiwan for a year before too now what year was that that was what year was that that was 2018 <laughs> across to 2019 oh okay and was that um, that job that you had when you were here in Taiwan that year had to do with wind power as well no, that wasn't directly related to wind power. Though the organisation I worked for at the time was was heavily vested in in offshore wind projects, they were also had um, they had projects in the solar field. So it's always been renewable energies that I've been involved in to ah. a certain extent, particularly since I've been out of Australia. But at that point in time, I was I was working in the solar field. So it was developing. Um, and looking to develop and, and um, build projects in Taiwan um, on solar farms. Yeah. Um, th now, that renewable energy is something I'm fascinated about, which I don't know a thing. But, you know, I consider myself, you know, environmentally conscious, I would say. But I think I'm terrible in, like, really helping to save the environment. Um, <laughs> but um, renewable energy, it, how long has it, it been in the works in terms of thinking about, I'm not even sure if I'm asking the right question, but, you know, it really fascinates me just, you know, how people started, how humans even started thinking about having a different form of energy and using and, and, and renewable energy at that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, considering that yeah. we're depleting the earth of all these things. And then how long back has been, I'm sure it's been a long time that we've been really hurting the earth. And so we just oh. had to, you know, rack our brains to think about how else to, to, to produce energy, I guess. Yeah, look, most definitely. I mean, you know, I've been, I, I guess there's been, been testing and scientists who are out there who have been talking about, um, uh, you know, carbon emissions and what we're doing to the ozone and global warming for, for many, many, many years. And um, I mean, looking for alternative energy sources that, um, that are better for the environment and uh, just better for the world and for us um, and, and that have us feeling good about what we're doing um, is something that's always was going to happen. I mean, today's world, you know, it's bigger, it's smarter, we're, we're, we're brighter, we're talking about this a lot more. Um, it's at the forefront of everybody's minds where, you know, many years ago it was kind of at the back of people's minds. Um, but renewable energies has been around for, or particularly like um, wind farms, onshore mm. wind farms before it moved to offshore wind farms, um, solar. It, it's been around for, for decades. Um, it's just that in recent times now that, uh, you know, you, you, you've just got to look at what's been going on in the world, um, that everybody's kind of has it in the spotlight. So, um, and everyone's looking to to reduce, you know, their, their greenhouse gas emissions and look to be a green organisation. So it's where the future's headed towards, what that's going to look like or how that's going to be i mean when you start to talk about onshore wind farms and same with solar um you always potentially come up with the issues of the real estate and the land and 
communities that you might be impacting as well. So as much as you're doing good, then you've got to look at the potential disruptions to the to the community and to the environment. Um, so hence the industry that we're in now, or what we're particularly focused on here at Swancore is the offshore um, wind farms, not that that doesn't come without its own challenges um, when you're working at sea. And of course, you've got um, um, marine and mm. uh, all sorts of elements that you have to deal with. Um, and fishermen, you know, there's still yeah. there's still issues that are generated out of out of everything that you do, no matter what, even if you're trying to do good for the for the world. Mm. Um, but it's fun and it's an exciting industry. And, and in actual fact, I think it's pertinent to say that Swancor um, was the pioneer of offshore wind here in Taiwan. So Swancor um, Renewables had the first commercially operating wind farm here in, in Taiwan. So oh. in 2017, okay. um, the Formosa One wind farm started generating. Mm. Um, and, yeah, that's kind of Swancor's um you know that that's our that's our point is that is that we've been here as a local organisation from the beginning and we intend to be here you know for for many more years to come. Right. Um, so it's all about it's all about pioneering and looking at the technologies that's going to be used, particularly when it comes to floating offshore wind farms, which is new and exciting as well. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. I'm speaking with Michael Pinkerton, Head of Engineering at Swancore Renewable Energy. How do you think Taiwan is doing in this area? Are we doing good? Are we getting, doing the right direction? Are we putting really a lot of heart into it, um, maybe compared to some other countries? I don't know. Uh, are we doing good? How are we doing in terms of yeah. renewable energy yeah, very much so. I mean, there's the, the Taiwan's got some targets that need to be reached, or they've got targets for 2035. Um, there's still a long way to go, mm. uh, but there's a lot of projects that are in the pipeline. There's a number of auctions coming up at the moment. It's for the developers. So Swancor is is counted as what you would call a developer, along with along with many of our competitors who are either big international players um, that are in Taiwan for the moment, um, and well, who have been here for a while now, and and will continue to be. Here. Here as well but um i mean taiwan's definitely thinking has the right mindset on this i mean um they're looking at the alternatives and what is available um the projects are are up and running now so so it's definitely at the forefront when you look at the likes of japan and korea i mean they've all kind of watched what taiwan has done and how taiwan has done um renewable energy particularly when it comes to offshore wind um so it, it's still a learning curve for for asia dare i say the offshore wind industry as much as it's been going on now for a number of years it's still a learning curve compared to what europe's done mm -hmm. um the 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 key factors here in Taiwan that are driving what's happening in the industry here is that Taiwan's very focused on localization, um, which is a very good thing. Obviously, you know you don't just want to flood Taiwan with people from Europe with all the expertise. You you want to learn and you want you want Taiwanese mm. to learn how to build and construct and work in these offshore wind farms as well. Right. So. Um, and and then the manufacturing side of it and the supply chain side also needs to grow with that as well. So, you know, you want to be able to manufacture, build, purchase everything from Taiwan as much as you can. So um, it, it's that's a, it's a challenging environment because 
you know, you have deadlines that you need to reach. But but when you're learning, things tend to take a little bit longer as well. So yeah, it's a bit of a balance um, in timelines and and reaching some of these deadlines and targets. But but it's all getting there, you know. And and there's many working groups, and there's always lots of discussions that happen around this subject matter. Um, so it's like any any I guess newer type of technology out there that um, it comes with its challenges. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely has the right mentality, um, okay. definitely has the right goals and targets set. Okay, that's good to hear. Now, I might sound really ignorant, but I'm really fascinated about these um, offshore wind farms. I mean, just, you know, those things are huge. And they, and, and they, they come with like three blades, right? It confuses me, like, how do they actually turn? You're saying it's all because of wind that's making them turn? Is it, it is yes. Really? Yes, but yes, yes. It's, are they not? It's, it's the wind. That's it's, it's the wind and how it how it blows across the the, the blade that, that that spins the turbine. Um, and then generators, obviously, um, you know, gen- electricity generated and and sent through the cables through to substations and where it's stepped up or stepped down in voltage levels and then and then fed back into the grid and an off- onshore substation. So, um, yeah, it's 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 the wind that turns these turbines. Yep, and you'd be surprised that. The wind speed, you know, like you've got to find. You don't just plonk a turbine down anywhere. There's a there's a lot of studies that are undertaken first to ensure that wind speed's going to be um, there to to turn the turbine. Yeah. Um, you've also got to imagine that the turbines today, you know, you've got um, diameters of rotors of turbines that are that are 200 plus meters in diameter. So if you can imagine two football pitches, yeah. um, you know, end on end, there's that's kind of the diameter of a of a turbine. So that's a that's a lot of area that a lot of wind. Is blowing across, you know. So if you can imagine that, and Taiwan Strait is um, is a very good location for offshore very wind. windy strait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. there you go, windy strait. Yes. I definitely have more to ask about those humongous wind turbines, and also about what he loves about Taiwan enough to make Taiwan his second home. So join me next week to hear more from Michael Pinkerton of Swancore Renewable Energy on In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin. Thank you.